You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, good evening, everybody, in the first installment. Um, you know, obviously, we did 16 of these last year. Um, the goal here would maybe to be do 17, maybe 18, 19, possibly even 20 of Crossover Wednesdays. Um, Locked On Titans is back up on its feet um, the way it worked out. We weren't able to connect. I actually may jump on and so you can maybe be, uh, be able to hear me sometime over the next day or so with uh, um, Tyler who's taking over Locked On Titans but I didn't mess around I got you guys uh, a great guest here so we can uh, get you a little preview ahead of time for crossover Wednesdays on the Locked On Network um, Justin Mello from SB Nation uh, with Jeff Lloyd here your local experts on the biggest stories on your daily delivery of all things dog pound today reminder guys the first week of the NFL schedule here on the locked on network is brought to you by Mac Weldon um, Mac Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes is smart believes in a smart design and premium fabrics Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Promo code locked on capital L capital O space in between gets you 20% at MacWeldon.com. Uh, we want to thank them for sponsoring the kickoff week here on the locked on network. And obviously guys, everybody is jazzed is geeked and rightfully so as we, you know, get on through this here, Justin Mello from SB nation, music city miracle. Uh, obviously you guys have heard Luke Easterling on this show before uh, part of Luke's team over at the draft wire. Justin, uh, I guess, happy opening week to start with, and how's everything going, buddy? Uh, everything's going well, Jeff. Happy opening week to you as well, and thanks for having me on. Uh, of course, of course. Um, first things first, I guess we'll start it here. Um, Taiwan Taylor, um, your impressions of him, and maybe tell us a little bit about how he was able to get out of Tennessee because um, everybody got really excited here, Justin, because Braxton Miller was around for eight days. Um, but I think we got a much more polished product in a Taiwan Taylor. And look, I mean, if he's only wide receiver four, wide receiver five, I mean, we'll take it. But, you know, let everybody know a little bit more about Mr. Taiwan Taylor. Sure. Yeah. My impressions of, of Taylor, uh, Jeff, in his time in Tennessee is that, uh, you know, I think he's going to do fine as a receiver four or five for them uh, in Cleveland. I think that uh, the Browns are, you know, betting on his potential, and I understand that. Uh, but ultimately, to be honest with you, and I don't mean to burst anyone's bubble, but uh, there's a reason, you know, Titans dealt him for a seventh-round pick, just a very, very disappointing uh, first two seasons for him in Tennessee. Just could never put it all together. You know, one of those guys who uh, has all the talent in the world, you know, was a, a pretty big prospect coming out of Western Kentucky. Uh, Titans took him in the third round, you know, had a great combine, very exciting player. But he just couldn't put it together. You know, all the talent in the world, but, uh, you know, when it came to learning the playbook, when it came to lining up in the right spot, when it came to uh, running the correct routes, you know, at the correct points, uh, he just couldn't do it. And he, you know, he really played himself out of a roster spot this year, uh, you know, throughout his performances in camp, you know, were kind of up and down. Uh, but things got really poor for him in the preseason. He was, he was quite uh, mistake prone in the preseason, lots of drops, a couple incorrect routes. There was one play that I thought really, uh, did him in, and I, I kid you not, where, uh, you know, he caught a ball uh, where he, he could have gotten four feet in bounds, and he somehow only got one. And they went to reverse it, and, you know, the Titans had to punt the ball away. Just couldn't seem to get past the mental errors. And, and the reason he's with the Browns now is uh, the Titans think they've got someone 
you know, pretty, pretty similar to his skill set in Khalif Raymond, a uh, UDFA uh, who made the roster. Sort of, a, you know, a similar skill set to Taewon, smaller, speedier guy, ability to take the top off the defense. The difference is, uh, you know, sometimes one of these guys is just hungrier than the other. And, you know, Khalif did the opposite. He came to work every single day and, you know, worked his tail off and he was making plays and, you know, led them in receiving throughout the preseason. Lots of big grabs, showed great hands, didn't make the mental errors. So ultimately, uh, I give the Titans credit for, you know, um, you know, being able to move on quickly uh, from Taiwan and realizing that someone else deserved the roster spot over him. Uh, yeah, it, it just seemed, I mean, obviously in, uh, he became an absolute darling, uh, you know, down at the senior bowl and look, sometimes that happens guys. It almost gets counted twice at the senior bowl. Like if you really like the guy and he has a really good senior bowl, well, I mean, like it seems like the guy shoots up a couple of rounds and that's something that happens from time to time. Um, and, but even for the Browns here, look, they've already got their top three in Odell, obviously Jarvis Landry, uh, Rashard Higgins, that they are quietly confident in those three. Look, Antonio Callaway serving a month suspension. It was never an issue on the field. They liked Antonio Callaway on the field. Uh, Derek Willies, they were able to sneak back onto their practice squad. They liked Damian Ratley. So it's going to be interesting. It, it, could, it, it, it could be a nice relationship here. It could be a short relationship here when once Callaway came back and they've already got five guys and you add Odell to it who have experience with Baker. Um, you know, some fans get too excited and too jazzed. Look, a seventh-round pick don't mean nothing to Cleveland Browns now, as crazy as it seems. Those guys aren't making the Cleveland Browns anymore, which is fantastic because normally those guys would get drafted in the seventh round and be counted on to be starters. But, uh, you know, it'll be a nice toy to see how it works out. And I'll be honest with you, if, you know, what you're saying, the negatives on Taiwan, that ain't going to work out so well with Baker Mayfield number six. So uh, he better he better come here, better get that nose in that book pretty quick. Um, yeah, and, perhaps, so, and perhaps it's something that, you know, a fresh start may do him well as well. It could be a situation where he just needs to get out of Tennessee because, you know, as we said, he's only two years removed from that senior bowl that we all, you know, fell in love with him at and, and the college and the tape and all that. I mean, as you know me, I'm a big draft guy and I was big yep. on him coming out. So I was, I, I really, really thought he was a heck of a prospect. So perhaps it's just a fresh start is needed, but uh, it certainly wasn't going to happen for him in Tennessee. So. Yeah, and I think part of the thing, you know, and look, I, you know, what he does with it now is, I mean, the amount of, you know, balls came his way at Western Kentucky, you know, the appetite was always, you know, ready to go. And, you know, obviously, you know, if you don't hit the ground running, you know, you got a lot of work to do. And some guys, you know, that's when, you know, the push comes to the shove of what a make or break an NFL player. But now the rest of the offense, uh, look, you know, Tannehill's here, Mariota's in the last year of his contract. Where, you know, where exactly, you know, is Marcus right now, and where is the future of the quarterback position with this franchise? Yeah, I think uh, the Titans are taking this year to figure that out. Uh, you know, when it comes to Mariota, um, you know, I've been one of his big supporters in the past. I think it's, you know, it's kind of put up or shut up time this year for him, and that's obvious. He's in a contract year for a reason. Uh, when you look at his career, it's very interesting. Uh, you know, I thought as a rookie, I thought he was actually quite good. Uh, that team was very, very bad team. He was quite good as a rookie. Uh, as a sophomore, he took a massive jump forward. It seems like everyone's forgotten about that already. Uh, you know, 26 touchdown passes to only nine interceptions. He was great. What happened to him that year is he broke, uh, you know, he suffered a horrific leg injury in week 16, and he hasn't been the same ever since. Um, he's kind of, you know, and I think the Titans, to be honest, deserve part of the blame for his lack of development. I think they've done a poor job, um, you know, with the infrastructure around him, you know, constantly uh, changing head coaches or changing offensive coordinators. You know, he's on his third uh, head coach, and I believe his it's his fourth offensive coordinator, but it's actually his fifth play caller overall, and he's in his fifth year. So 
Um, but this is obviously put up or shut up time. I think the best thing for them when you ask what's the future of the quarterback position, um, the best thing for them would be for, you know, Mariota to A, stay healthy this year and be more, produ- and be more productive than he's been the last two seasons. I think a lot of, um, you know, the stats don't look pretty as of late. I think a lot of that has had to do with health. You know, last year he suffered a nerve injury week one that, you know, hindered him the rest of the season. He, had, he missed multiple games due to it, and he had trouble gripping the football. So obviously, um, you know, the stats weren't going to look pretty. So it's really, I think, first a matter of health with him. If he's healthy, I think he's going to be just fine, and I think he will be the guy of the future for them. Yeah, it's it's been tough for him, and it's actually it's it's pretty funny because I mean you know and look, I Jeff, and you know I got a draft background as well. We spent so much time that that cycle, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. To this point, they both literally kind of had the same path. Like neither franchise got the bang for their buck that they were expecting from a number one overall pick, a number two overall pick, and you know it's it wouldn't be too insane to say. You know, come January, both these franchises are now, you know, looking for the next guy. And it's just crazy how that's worked out with both those guys. But look, uh, obviously, Derrick Henry's a beast. Um, Lewis is just a PIA. There's just no way about it. But the question is, is are they going to be able to do enough with, uh, you know, obviously with, you know, uh, without, you know, uh, who's, uh, you know, the franchise left tackle is obviously out for the first month, which is a tough blow. Uh, you know, is, is Conklin going to stick on the right or is he even healthy enough to play? How's all this going to work out with the running game? So Conklin is going to stay on the right. He is at right tackle. Um, and by all accounts, he's actually had a terrific summer. Uh, I, I actually would good say he's, he's a really yeah, good very good player. And I actually think he's primed for a really big year this year. You know, he's in a contract year. You know, last year wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't great for him. But I think we have to take into account, I mean, he had torn his ACL in that playoff game against the Patriots. He missed the first six weeks of the season, and he came back, uh, you know, middle of the year to a brand new head coach and a brand new offensive system that he didn't get to put in the work in the offseason. So I think Conklin was dealing with very, very difficult circumstances last season. There's a total change in offensive philosophy from the last time he was on the field, you know, when Terry Robisky was offensive coordinator to Matt LaFleur, right? The system's changed drastically. So I think, you know, that was, that was tough for him. But by all accounts this year, um, you know, he, he's looked terrific throughout camp. He was great in the, you know, in the preseason, you know, take that with a grain of salt, of course. But he was very, very good. You know, head coach Mike Vrabel has been full of praise for him. He actually praised him today. Uh, and Vrabel doesn't praise people very often, to be honest. So uh, I think Conklin's actually primed for a very, very big season this year. Okay, now, and, and you know, I think one of the things, and this one of the things that gets underestimated, everybody like, you know, Derrick Henry, you know, you know, most of the eating he does and the statistics come later in the year. Well, you know, there's a reason for that, I think, because, like, if you're a little dinged up later in the year and you're good enough to go, the last thing you're going to do in December when it could be 37 degrees is say, all right, I'm going to take Derrick Henry on one-on-one right now and right. then just go ahead and finish this. Um, so it'll be interesting how that plays out. And look, you know, Henry's a good back. And look, it, I think one of the things that gets misconstrued with him is they just think he's this big old mauler. There's enough agility there with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, I, I think because of the fact they, they've really not been able to get a passing game going, obviously because he said of Marcus Mariota's injuries, it's a lot easier to say, all right, well, all right, we're going to focus on the 255-pound hoss is what we're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right when it comes to, I'd actually argue there's probably more agility there than mauling ability. You know, he's not someone who always runs uh, to his size. 
he's someone who wants to hit outside. He wants to hit the corner, and he'll outrun you if he does get the corner. Well, so he, I mean, he's, yeah. he's not as fast, but he's a long strider. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and once he gets to top speed, he's he's quite fast. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he how he plays this year because as you said, you know. He's kind of been notorious for the slow starts. Like last year, it was really the last four or five weeks that he really turned it on and put up some massive, massive numbers. But uh, obviously the message for him this offseason has been, you know, to be consistently good instead of inconsistently great, so to speak. So that's a big, big focus for him. It's unfortunate that he missed all of camp, um, you know, suffered, a, I believe it was a calf injury on the first day, and they just held him out. It seemed more of a precaution thing than anything because – as you mentioned, I think they're getting ready to uh, to lean on him quite a bit on the offensive side of the ball. It's not much different than what the Browns did with Nick Chubb. He got a couple. Of, he got a little taste of the flavor week one, and it's like you know. But, but even still, if you're counting on somebody to give you, you know, well over a thousand yards, the last thing to do is be taking hits in August. Um, Corey Davis, you know, the receiving game, the tight ends. Um, obviously, you know, I, uh, you know, the tight ends. You know, uh, I know John Smith's coming back from a serious injury. You know, Corey Davis. You know. Year three, are we going to talk about it? I mean, everybody always wants to talk about wide receivers in year three. Um, you know, how are you feeling? You know, can the passing game be strong enough where it's not, you know, people ain't going to have to gear up against the run? Well, I think that's obviously the big question. Uh, one thing I will say on that is by all accounts, anyone you speak to in Nashville will tell you that Corey Davis looks like a different player uh, this camp and, and throughout the summer. He really does look like, you know, a year three receiver who's ready to take a giant leap forward. It, it was almost comical uh, throughout training camp and practice that he was catching everything. I mean, there was one play where, uh, you know, I kid you not, someone, uh, a good friend of mine was there at practice and described that, I think it was actually Tannehill, tried to throw the ball outside of the end zone, you know, tried to throw it out of bounds. And Davis just comes out of nowhere and one-handed and gets two feet in, like, he was just catching everything at camp. Um, so I think he is primed for a, a big season, a breakout year. I would argue, you know, if you, if you study receivers, and, and, and you'll know this, Jeff, he was actually very good last season. It just it didn't jump out at anyone because the passing offense wasn't very good. But when he was targeted, I encourage anyone to put on the tape between the Patriots and the Titans. He took Stephen Gilmore to school last season, and I don't think any other receiver did that last year uh, with, with Stephen Gilmore. So it's really a matter of, how high his ceiling is, well, it's how high this passing offense ceiling is. If they can uh, sustain a passing offense and Mariota can stay healthy and, and get the ball out to him, because the, the, I'll tell you, the chemistry between the two of them does look fantastic. So it's, it's really just a matter of uh, will Mariota be able to stay healthy and deliver those balls to him? Because if he does, then Corey Davis is going to have a very, very big season. It is kind of funny in that respect because Corey Davis's resume to this point is two best games in the NFL against the New England Patriots. Absolutely, yeah. That playoff game. Yeah. Yep. It always gives you a little, you know, always gives you a little hope that, you know, maybe it's not the player. Maybe it's what's going around, on around the player. Uh, look, folks, long day at work, still stuck at the office. Uh, open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat. Obviously, you know, you got your chain restaurants. you got your local restaurants. The amount of food you can get delivered through DoorDash is just an insane amount. They will deliver the food to you wherever you are. For parents, it works out great. They'll deliver just soccer fields, baseball fields, football fields, whatever. So, you know, you work, you got kids, you and your spouse work. Even still, you work 10, 12 hours a day. Use DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off the first order of $15 or more 
when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code locked on all caps locked on uh trust me guys it's it's a savior for me uh look you guys all know uh you know i'm married uh we got two girls tons of activities sometimes you just gotta find a way to get through things also it is time to celebrate football is finally back and DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy football has huge week one contests the first one starts thursday night this thursday night when the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers kick off the season in a single-game showdown with $2.5 million in total prizes up for grabs. Draft your single-game showdown lineup and feel the sweat like never before. It's simple. Just draft six players for, from the season opener. Stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using the promo code NOSPACE, all caps, locked on, will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a shot at a million-dollar payday. Um, guys, trust me, you know it's fun. And look, everyone's going to be watching Thursday night anyway. Whether you have a crap about the Bears or the Packers, it's real, it's legit, the lights are on. Uh, simple. Use the promo code Locked On. all caps, no space. Get a little skin in the game. This way you don't care who wins or who loses. You know, go ahead and find a way to manipulate that money. Put yourself together a roster. Get the six best players you think in that game. Get a shot to make some money. And uh, we uh, obviously appreciate the folks over at DraftKings for their sponsorship of Locked on Browns. It's going to be a little tough for me, Justin, uh, Sunday. Um, I was a Harold Landry guy to the nine. It was to the point where I would have taken Harold Landry at four. That's how much I love Harold Landry. So seeing him... Um, and obviously, but, but so the school is a little bit here. Uh, this, this Titans defense, obviously you drafted a really good player in round one this year. Nobody's going to get to see him till 2020. There's nothing wrong with that. And you know, it's, you know, and I hate the old, oh, well, you got two first round picks for the next year. Jeffrey Simmons is a fantastic player. They can take their time. They can let that marinate. Um, but where is this current state of the Titans defense at? Yeah, I think it's in a very good state, Jeff. Uh, this was a very good unit last year. And, uh, you know, they're returning, uh, I believe, every single starter on defense. They, they didn't, you know, well, they lost uh, Derek Morgan and Brian Arakpo to retirement. But uh, last year, if you watch the Titans defense, those guys were more corpses uh, than, than players by that point. So, uh, you know, pretty much everyone's back. They added Cameron Wake uh, to replace those guys. And uh, it's a very, very good unit, to be honest with you. You know, from Jarrell Casey to Kevin Byard, uh, two budding superstars, in my opinion, at inside linebacker between Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans, um, you know, Evans heading into year two with Landry as well. Um, as you mentioned, a huge draft crush of mine as well. They're counting on Landry to be the guy this year at edge. Uh, you know, they expect him to lead the team in sacks, I would say. And uh, he's someone they kind of held out, um, you know, all of camp uh, and preseason. He actually didn't, didn't play a single preseason game uh, unless he was nursing a mysterious injury that no one knows about. It really goes to show you the, the level of confidence they have in him, that they were just really saving him for the regular season because they're very, very excited about him. So this is a very good defense, to be honest with you. It was last year, and I anticipate that it will be again this year. You know, Kevin, it starts with the secondary as well. You know, Kevin Byard, Kenny Vaccaro, uh, Dory Jackson, Logan Ryan, Malcolm Butler. The camaraderie between that secondary group is unbelievable. Uh, you know, they got this silly saying they got up on the wall there, uh, my man catch no balls. And it's really something that they've bonded over and uh, really did a great job throughout the preseason as well. So uh, everyone in Tennessee is very, very excited about the state of this defense. 
Yeah, it's in look, it's nothing to sneeze at, especially when we look at the secondary. And look, this is, you know, what's going to make the Browns click is going to be, you know, the passing game. Look, Nick Chubb is a fantastic player, but what they're trying to do is make Nick Chubb's life as easy as, as possible. And so how you do that is, you know, you spread things out and you've got, you can throw it all over the yard. Um, who's, who's, and this is, it's so weird to be able to do this. It's so fun because, I'm not used to this covering this franchise now for two years, the Cleveland Browns. How are you all going to stop Odell? It's weird to even <laughs> say that. Like it's, it's weird to talk about like having like that clutch number three hitter in baseball or, or the two guard, or, like, like the step, like who's going to take care of that problem. And then you let the chips fall after that. I don't now. First things first. I don't think anyone can go into this game. I don't think the Titans, you know, coaches are going into this game saying, "Let's stop Odell." It's just not a very realistic thing to say. I think the key is how can we slow down Odell, right? How do we, you know, keep Odell to six catches, eighty yards, right, as opposed to eleven and one hundred and fifty, right? So how can we do that? I personally expect Malcolm Butler uh, to shadow Odell. I actually spent some time this afternoon uh, looking into their previous matchups, and you'd be surprised. Butler has actually had more success uh, versus Odell than you would think. Uh, and the way he was able to kind of bracket him a little was by being physical with him, uh, being physical with him right at the line of scrimmage. That's something that Malcolm's very good at. Kind of, he was kind of able to keep Odell from getting up to top speed uh, a little bit. And then you know the pass rush will obviously have to do its job, right? If you're giving Baker all day, then he's going to find Odell, right? It's just a matter of fact. So. Uh, I expect personally, I think Malcolm Butler will be the corner that they stick on Odell. Yeah, and it, and I think in you know the Browns fans you know, were upset about this that you saw nothing of Odell of the preseason, but I think it was probably smartly yeah. done. I, I mean, because why at least tip your hand? Look, you you know Odell can pretty much do a little bit of everything, but obviously the Browns have a you know they have their plan for him as opposed to what we saw for five years with New York, and so I think it was really smart what they did because it's like you know. He's out there, but you, nobody's got any film on him. Yeah, I mean, a, a player of Odell Beckham stature does not need the preseason. So I'm totally on the Brown side with that of holding yep. him out completely. There's no need for him to play in the preseason. And I don't think it'll have any negative effect on what they want to do with him at all. Yeah, so it's, it's, but it's also going to be interesting because everybody is just literally foaming at the mouth because they're <laughs> going to finally get to see, you know, 13 and it's, and in some respects, I think people are so excited about it, they kind of forgotten the what else is here. And, you know, you have Baker, you have Miles, and you have Nick Chubb, and you have Jarvis Landry, who should, in a complimentary role, should be a lot better. Rashard Higgins is turned into a really, really quiet guy that not a lot of people know. And then there's David Njoku as well. So, I mean, there is that aspect of it. Um, look, Harold Landry, I hope he gets 22 sacks this year. I <laughs> hope he does it in 15 games, though, Justin. Uh, that's that's fair now one of the most interesting things to me for me in this game to be honest with you I know we're going to get to predictions a little bit later but for both teams I see this game going very similar for both of them uh it's going to be how the offensive line deals with the opposing defensive line because while I think the Browns have a better uh defensive line and a better pass rush I think the Titans have a better offensive line than the Browns do so I think that'll be very interesting I think both defenses are going to have a lot of success um against the opposing offensive line yeah, the Browns got extremely in, you know, I think people, you know, maybe maybe mistaked luck for talent. You know, look, Greg Robinson still, I mean, look, Greg Robinson, for he played well 
And the weirdest thing was is he played better as a pass blocker than he did as a run blocker, which was always his calling card up until last year. Um, look, you don't replace a Kevin Zeitler. The only reason Kevin Zeitler wasn't an all-pro last year is because the other guard on the Cleveland Browns was an all-pro last year. Um, so, in, in, look, they still don't know where they're going with that position. It's going to be Eric Cush on Sunday, and Eric Cush, I think, is even older than Zeitler, for God's sakes. Um, obviously, the trade for Wyatt Teller tells you they they have no no real supreme confidence in Eric Cush. Chris Hubbard played better in the second half last year, but I think what we saw from Chris Hubbard over 16 games with the Cleveland Browns is Chris Hubbard was just good enough in a few tastes as a starter in Pittsburgh that it fooled somebody into giving him and making him think he was a true starting offensive lineman in this league. So I do agree with you there. Um, but as far as that, though, I mean, people, you know, I mean, it, it, with Miles, with Larry Ogunjobi, with Sheldon Richardson, with Olivier Vernon, the question is, you know, how do you, well, I guess we'll get it. How do you address it? Which one do you take the freak away? Do you just say, all right, we'll throw the kitchen sink at Miles and let the chips fall where they may? I mean, because if you're going to give Miles Garrett some one-on-ones, and I don't even care if it is your normal starting left tackle, um, Miles Garrett is going to win most of those. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what the Titans will do is uh, kind of what you said. I think they'll, they'll be more interested in throwing the kitchen sink at Miles uh, Dennis Kelly is going to be starting at left tackle for the Titans uh, in Luan's place. Let me say that uh, he's, actually he's obviously he's actually he's a good player. Well, he's I good, didn't know this. He's a good player. Yeah. Yes. He's a good player. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. He's, he's actually a good player. So that's big for the Titans, to be honest. And that's why the offensive line, um, you know, unless they're, you know, they're, they're doing a very good sell job, they're not overly concerned. Obviously, it's hard. You can't replace a Taylor Luan. But they're not hitting the panic button because Dennis Kelly is one of the better swing tackles in the NFL. So while obviously, you know, he's not Miles Garrett level, I'm not sure many people are, I think that's where you'll see them slide the protection. They've got some very good blocking tight ends on this team. Obviously, Delaney Walker, you know, one of the better receiving tight ends in the NFL, but also a hell of a blocker. So I think you'll see, you know, Kelly's going to get help from Delaney. Uh, you know, he's going to get help from Jonu Smith. One of the better uh, pass blocking tight ends in the league, in my opinion, is, uh, is Michael Pruitt. Michael Pruitt made the roster for that reason. I think you'll see a lot of him uh, on the left side of that formation to help Kelly with Garrett. I think you trust Conklin against Vernon. Um, I, you know, I think that's something that, you know, I'm sure Vernon will get a couple wins, but I'm sure Conklin will get a couple wins as well. So I think they'll kind of leave that alone. They'll let him go one-on-one -on -one for the most part. Uh, and, and inside, to be honest, inside is a bit of a concern for me as well. I think, as you said, with Larry and, you know, Richardson there, uh, Titans got some question marks inside. You know, I know they just signed Ben Jones to an extension in the center. He was, a, you know, a little below average last season in pass blocking. And they got a new starter at right tackle in uh, Kevin Pamphiel, who um, was a bit of a journeyman, was with the Titans last year, but landed on IR after just one game. Won the starting right guard job this, uh, this summer because third-round pick Nate Davis, who I think they expected to start, uh, just missed too much time hurt and just couldn't kind of catch up in time. So there's some concerns inside as well. You know, I think Larry's going to get his wins. I think Sheldon's going to get his wins. But really, uh, I think you'll see them throw the kitchen sink at Miles. It, it's going to be it, – it's certainly going to be interesting how it plays out here. Uh, you know, obviously we'll get a little bit more to the game and the predictions and stuff of that nature. Um, guys, uh, remember now is uh, the Zabo Apparel Company. I talk about these guys all the time. Uh, you know, you're a veteran. You work your butt off, you know, trying to make ends meet. That is, 
that is what I appreciate. Always check out Zabo Apparel. I, I, I'm probably going to, I guess I'll put the tweet up about Friday, and here's the deal. Uh, you don't have to predict wins and losses. None of that matters. You predict the final score each of the 16 games this year. You get it right. You go to Zabo and get the T-shirt of your choice. Uh, obviously, you, know, you guys have seen a bunch. I've had them. I've been wearing them. I've been putting them on social media. I love the company. I, I love the concept behind it. I, I love where they go with their shirts. They don't just take, you know, one thing that's cool one day and run with it. Um, so, you know, obviously, thanks to the uh, folks at Zabo. And we'll put this probably out about Friday. There's going to be like a thousand tweets for me to filter through. But uh, the first one that correctly predicts the score and is following Zabo Apparel, is following Lockdown Browns, is following me, you'll win a T-shirt. So, you know, obviously, so you guys can check that out here. And obviously appreciate uh, Zabo for the little partnership as we move on, uh, you know, to what is a highly anticipated 2019 season. It's a new season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders, headgear and all. Le'Veon Bell is a New York Jet. Odell Beckham all over in Cleveland, baby. And sadly, we don't get to see Andrew Luck this year. The one thing that has not changed is where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting their first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. I would only recommend a service to you that has been good to me in the past. Guys, my bookie's been here as long as I have. They've been with Lock On for a while. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. It is that simple. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, and there's a ton of them and gals as well, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. It's always nice to do on a Monday night or a Sunday night or even the Thursday night. Always have a little taste in the action, guys. Um, right now, uh, they will match your initial deposit 100% up to $1,000. You put $1,000 down, they're going to give you 1000 of their own money. Gives you two grand. You know what you're doing? You should be able to do some freaking damage, guys. Use the promo code LOCKED ON, all caps with a space, LOCKED ON, to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today, M Y B O O K I E.com. And don't forget the promo code LOCKED ON, all caps, space in between. Bet, win, get paid, and appreciate the folks over at MyBookie for the sponsorship of the podcast. It's time, Justin. It's time. We're look. Either way, I don't think anybody's going to care because we're just everybody's going to be there. It, it's going to be like Thanksgiving. You get yourself so psyched up, and even if you go somewhere and the food sucks, you're just going to be excited because it's freaking finally here. The food's out of the oven. It's on the table. Amen. We're kicking off one day. We're kicking off Monday. I uh, Sunday, obviously, one o'clock. Tennessee traveling up to First Energy. Give me your thoughts, and let's go. It's it's prediction time. All right, let's do it. I think uh, I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I don't think your listeners are going to love it, but I think people are significantly underrating the Titans in this game. Um, I understand all the you know hype around the Cleveland Browns. I, I believe in them. Let me say that. I think it's warranted, and I think they're going to have a great season. But I think the Tennessee Titans do go into Cleveland and win this game. Um, the lack of respect for the Titans uh, this offseason, I think, has been uh, – it's been crazy. I mean, here's a team who last year 
um, you know, won nine games, and everyone was saying, oh, well, the quarterback's got to take, take a step forward this year. Jeff, everything went wrong for this franchise last season. Everything. They lost Delaney Walker week one for the season. Uh, their starting quarterback, they might as well have lost him week one through 11 touchdowns, couldn't grip the football. This team still won nine games and were, finished half a game out of the playoff spot. They were playing for a playoff spot week 17. And if they had their quarterback in that game, potentially they would have made the playoffs. So I think the Titans are being severely underrated this year. Uh, they've been above 500 three years in a row. Things really, you know, from a circumstantial point, cannot go worse for them than it did last year. Can they win less games? Sure. But in terms of circumstances, uh, it, things were a nightmare for them last year. But they dug deep. They won nine games because they're a quietly, and I say quietly because no one believes in them, a tough, hard-nosed football team that understands how to dig deep and win football games. And um, I think this game will ultimately come down to the two defenses. I don't think it's going to be as exciting of a game as people think. Uh, I don't yep. think neither offense is really going to be able to get in much of a rhythm uh, due to those two defenses. So I, I do think whichever defense is able to stifle the opposing offense a little bit more uh, will win this game. And that's why I'm going with the Titans. I do think uh, the Browns offensive line is going to be in for a tough day. Uh, you know, Dean Pease, Titans defensive coordinator, is very, very good at bringing pressure and disguising where it's coming from. Um, that's one thing I wanted to mention. You know, they don't have a Miles Garrett on this defense. Absolutely not. I don't think they have a player that's going to finish with 15, 20 sacks like Miles probably will this year. But, and, they, and the Titans didn't have that last year either. But it's, they are so good at bringing pressure as a unit. The inside linebackers, Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans, are terrific blitzers. I think Brown actually led the team in sacks last year from inside linebacker. You know, they get pressure. Jarrell Casey, uh, Cameron Wake, I imagine, will have some success against Chris Hubbard. Um, I, uh, you know, Harold Landry should have some success against Greg Robinson. Um, you know, the DBs are fantastic blitzers. Logan Ryan, Kevin Byard, Kenny Vaccaro, they all come on blitzes and they all contribute. And I think the Titans win a very close game. By no means do I think it's going to be uh, a blowout for either side, but my, my prediction is going to be uh, Titans 16, Browns 13. Oh, first things first, that, that score sucks, Justin. I, I know it sucks, but look. That's like going to the dentist. I think it's going to be that type of game. I really do. I do not see either offense putting up, you know, 25, 30 points in this game. I think, I think both of them are, are in for a long day, and that's no disrespect to either offense. You know, I'm a big Baker Mayfield guy. I think he's a terrific quarterback. I think he's a franchise guy. I just think that both defenses are going to have quite a bit of success against these offensive lines. As I said, I think it's whichever defense does a little bit more than the other and whichever running back is able to uh, combat that a little bit. Uh, more successfully. So I think it's going to be a, a low-scoring defensive battle. I really do. All right. We're not going to boo and hiss, Justin, guys. We're not going to boo and hiss. <laughs> and I won't even give his Twitter at so you don't have to hassle him out afterwards. Um, obviously, you know, we're, we all feel differently. Um, I think one of the keys here, and I'm not going to give a score prediction now. Obviously, you know that will come with the pregame show. I think Odell here, and I just think there's just too much – popping right now if I thought the Browns were gonna not be ready it, it might be week two where it's more of a hangover like oh my god you know I, I think they'll be able to pull this out and but part of it is though is you know and you know I, I don't know where Marcus Mar Mariota is right now 
And, and this is what happens when you have quarterbacks who are in their fifth year and don't have security. Um, you do get the rare cases where it's a Joe Flacco and everything turns out perfectly. And you get that big deal, which didn't turn out, turn out perfectly. He looked really good for about nine weeks and duped the Baltimore Ravens into something. Um, you know, I, I do think the Browns will win. I, the question would be is if the Browns get up early because the Browns get up early, you know, will Tennessee cool. score some points, you know, where you get more into the 20s. And I, I don't know, I just – 16, 13 for me in 2019 in an opening week, it just – for me, it just, it just seems a little weird because, I mean, look, if you can't find a way – when you've had, what, six months? Well, let's put it this way. The schedule comes out in mid-April. If, if you've had four months to prepare and you can't put up in the 20s, yikes, it's week one. I hear you. And I'm just going to throw out there, Jeff, my at is at Justin M underscore NFL. Oh, if anyone wait. wants to come throw their harassment at me, feel free. I'll be on there all day. Sunday, uh, 15. It could be Sunday, so It could be a busy day for me if, uh, if I'm totally wrong on this. And let me just say, even though I do think the Titans are going to win this game, I actually think the Browns will be better for it. I think it's going to be good for them. I think they're going to go on and have a great season. I really do. But uh, I do think the Titans pull this one out. I can already see the headlines Monday morning saying, you know, how the heck did the Tennessee Titans beat the Cleveland Browns on Sunday? So that's my personal prediction. But if I'm wrong, as I said, at Justin M underscore NFL, hiss at me, boo me, whatever it is, I'm used to it. Bring it on. <laughs> um, guys, uh, I do want to thank Justin for coming on. Um, and, and look, you know, Justin's a guy I've appreciated his work, and I, you guys have definitely seen me uh, retweet or you know or, or funnel information and thank Justin for it. Um, and you know, part of you know what Justin and Luke Easterling and a bunch of guys over the draft wire they do a fantastic job there. Obviously, Justin does a fantastic job with SP Nation's Music City Miracle. Go ahead, check that out. So I want to thank you, Justin, for being here. Obviously, um, and he's given his own ad at guys. Be kind. Be kind. I like Justin. He's a good dude. Be kind. And look, <laughs> it's week one. Everybody's feeling the roats. Maybe everybody, except for maybe Dolphins fans and a couple other Ooh. franchises, they're not feeling the roats right now. Like, let's just I get it so. over with. You know, let's just get it over with, rip the freaking Band-Aid off, and tell me it's January, and I have some <laughs> some sort of hope. Um. But a pleasure with Justin here. Uh, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Crossover Wednesdays are back. Let's hope we can do 19 more of these this year at least. Um, but if, if anything, let's at least do 17, 18. Um, LGB on the LLB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>